Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday sermon series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. story. This is a very powerful story indeed. It's powerful and it's moving because it has to do with human suffering. It's powerful. It's very significant because it has to do with the most extreme form of human suffering. And the emotions that are displayed here in this passage are quite raw, very real. In in some sense, uh, there's there's pain, panicking, waiting. There's a desperation. uh, There's desperately seeking and reaching out for help. And there's this intense grief having to deal with the very thing that epitomizes the most challenging thing the most unovercomable task or event, which is called death. And the story features Jesus' really, really close friends. I think, you know, if, if we read through the scriptures, this may be the only family in all of the New Testament where all, many of the members of the fam- same family are all known to us by their names. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, I mean, only three names, but that's more names than in one family. So we know that Jesus had a very close-knit relationship with all of these aforementioned uh, characters here. And we know very well of the sisters, Martha and Mary. That's right. It's the same sisters described in Luke chapter 10. Remember when Jesus visits them, visits their home, and invites himself as a guest. Um, Martha was cleaning up. Uh, cooking, she was a busy person, and Mary was found kind of lazy. Can we say that? Well, she, well, we won't say that. Mary was a devoted one. Mary was the one found at the feet of Jesus, gleaning onto, clinging onto every word that Jesus was teaching in their house. And we know that Mary, in a way, was a star disciple, right? And we, we also know that she, she has a quite, quite remarkable testimony of, of what? In Matthew 25, we see her unbounding her air. She's just pouring out the, the, the brick in the alabaster jar of perfume and anointing the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says, what, at the end of that passage, he says, what, wherever the gospel is preached, make sure, make sure that the story of this woman and her worship is testified as well. I mean, what a, what a remarkable endorsement by Jesus himself. So we know that Jesus is pretty tight with these guys. And, and John the Apostle denoted that too as well. So when, when John says, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. He's now describing the person that is there. He's describing now Lazarus. And the way Apostle John describes him is that, Remember, Jesus, this is not just a random person. This is just not a man out of the crowd. Jesus, this is the one that you love. So you know that Jesus is attending to a very, very dear family in Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. And the sickness that Lazarus had to endure was quite serious. How do we know this? Because um, he dies sh- just shortly after this conversation that takes place in John chapter 11. And that was the expected thing. And, and plus, Jesus himself verifies that the sickness was not fatal, but, but Lazarus ends up dying shortly after. 
But something very strange is mentioned here. If you scroll up or if you, uh, if you read just a few verses ahead in John chapter 11, verse 6, so when, he, when Jesus heard that he was sick, when Jesus heard Lazarus was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Interesting. Normally, what is a proper measure of response? When you hear the words or the news that someone that you love, that you care for, is very sick, what should you do? I mean, let, let's, let's be in the situation that Jesus is in. What should Jesus have done? Talk to me, please. What, what should Jesus have done? Rush over to the home of Lazarus. When somebody is sick, you don't, I mean, there's a reason why we call the urgent care the urgent care. Urgent care is when you go because your primary physician is resting on the weekend. I mean, rightfully so. You work hard, you rest on the weekend. Urgent care is there because when someone is really in need of a physician, you go right away. But Jesus does not do that. And I think it's quite um, a noteworthy that for us to catch that Jesus intentionally does that. If you read through the rest of the passage in John chapter 11, Jesus did not have any other ministry planned. Jesus did not have a prior a commitment that he had to attend to. But somehow, for whatever reason, when Jesus heard the news that Lazarus was dying, he says, all right, I'll get there. But he gives himself two extra days. Two extra days. Two extra days for the physician attending to the patient is just two days. But those two extra days for the patient that is dying and, and dealing and grasping with the uncertainty of life, two days may seem like what? 20 days, two weeks, actually 20 days longer. 20 days, two months, two years. Yet we see Jesus not going right away. In verse 4, John discloses the ex uh, explanation why Jesus chose to do that. And Jesus says, so that, the, so that the Son of God may be glorified in it. Check this out, guys. There's a sickness revealed to them. Jesus knows that he's needed in the place of, what, someone dying, but Jesus chose to not go, not rush to the scene, all so that the Son of God may be glorified in it. And let me read for you verses 23, 25 here, and you will see on the screen here. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on that last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. See, the people were not uh, unfamiliar with this concept of resurrection. The basic theology that, it, that, that was evident in the community of the Jews, some people believed in the resurrection. And, and some, uh, some sect of the Jewish community, they, they believed so much of the resurrection, they, they disregarded, they downplayed the life they had on earth. So they weren't, uh, they weren't completely foreign to the concept of resurrection or, or, or uh, having life again. And so Jesus tells them, your brother is going to rise again. So when Martha and Mary heard that, they're probably thinking what? Yeah, I know. 
I know that resurrection will happen someday. I know that we may all die. All of us, all of humans on this earth will die. But one day, an appointed time of God that we will all rise again. And I wonder if Jesus was baiting them to have that response. I wonder if Jesus knew that that's what she was going to say. And Jesus was about to set them up saying, I'm not talking about resurrection in the far distant future. I'm not talking about the unknowingly, like this unknowable, so far away from now. But Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. This is like the greatest object lesson, right? When, 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 I mean, Jesus performed many miracles, did he not? He, he multiplied the five loaves and the f- two fish. He, he, he caused the lame to walk again. He caused a blind man in chapter 9 of John, uh, rub, t- t- spit, dirt, rubbing in that, boom, on the face. Please don't try this at home. doesn't work. Jesus does that, and the blind man now sees, and Jesus now, now facing the greatest, the most unsolvable task for all of humanity, someone has now been dead. Jesus says, I'm not just talking about in the long, far distant future. I'm talking about now. Jesus is such, such a gangster. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am it. I'm the one that is causing life to happen again. And he goes over. When he gets there, when he gets there, he's already been dead for four days. Jesus shows up and he says, I can, you can experience life even in death. Even in death, look what I will do. He's guaranteeing that having faith in him results in not just eternal life, but Jesus will cause everything that you have declared that is already dead. He says, watch me. I will resurrect it because I have the power. Today on this Resurrection Sunday, know that you need to lean into the power, the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. Consider all the things that you have declared death over in your life. Maybe the word death does not really resonate with us. It's not, a, it's not a common word that we use. Think of all the words that you said you have given up on. Bring to mind all the things that you say, you know what, I don't believe in that anymore. Bring to mind right now all the tasks that you have deemed impossible. Bring to mind all the things that you have been waiting for. You're saying, I am just running out of time. It is never going to happen. Jesus is saying, all of your difficulties, even in the loss of your job, even if you're flunking out of your school, even in your failed relationship, even in your financial economic uh, crisis that you're in, Seemingly, there is no answer. Seemingly, there is no hope right now. Jesus shows up to us on this Resurrection Sunday. It's not over yet, guys. I am the resurrection and the life. Watch what I will do. In the midst of people weeping, in the midst of Mary and Martha grieving and wailing, 
loudly, staring at the tomb that has been blocked away, grieving, just recalling how things used to be when he was alive. Jesus shows up. No, 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 no. It's not over yet. I am the resurrection and the life. This is really incredibly important for us. Uh, We make the mistake as Christians to kind of combine the Easter weekend. I think for our convenience, we lump up together Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. That's a terrible, terrible mistake. Let me distinguish the differences here just in case that you do not know exactly what today stands for. You see, the cross did not prove Jesus' ability to give us victory. Jesus did not give, give us victory over sin by dying on the cross. Jesus, what happened on Friday, Jesus' death on the cross gave us the atonement and the forgiveness, and it reconciled us. It made us in good standing with God. He reconciled us. He, he, he mediated our broken relationship with God. But without the resurrection of Jesus, we do not have the victory over sins. Without the resurrection of Christ on this day, on this Sunday, we do not have the victory over death. Do you guys see what I mean? If Jesus did not rise again on the third day, if he did not resurrect, you know what, we know what our view of Jesus would be? He's someone that we think about very fondly. Jesus would have just faded into memory. We memorialize him every Sunday. But because he has resurrected, we don't just think about the past. You know what? You know what today gives us? We look forward to the future. We don't live and reminisce in the past of what Jesus had done. Jesus, what Jesus had done 2,000 plus years ago, now we look forward to heaven and eternity because Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. He says, I have defeated death. I have defeated sin. And the same power that I've had and displayed. I don't know how he got out of that tomb. I don't know who rolled away the stone, but he did. He said, look at the empty tomb. And the same power is now accessible by every single one of you. Friday, yes. We made, very, we, we made sure that by the time that all of you guys went home, we, we reminded you guys, remember? He said, hey, today is a solemn day. Many of you guys wore dark clothes. The entire praise team showed up wearing black. I'm like, okay, we're, we're serious. I think Pastor Daniel knew exactly. Oh, yeah, you got it right. And we sent off the cross saying, today is a very somber day, and it's stay there. Friday, you grieve. Friday, you think about the sacrifice and the brutal crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. But guess what? That was Friday. Today's Sunday. So we know as Christians, even though that we may experience a lot more Fridays in our lives, even though that we may be facing a lot more deaths and place of impossibilities, guess what? Sunday's coming. The resurrection of our bodies, the resurrection of our spirits, that's what awaits us. And on this Easter Sunday, we celebrate Today we celebrate, guys. I wish I could somehow, let's do that again, spin around. 
during worship. I love that. You know how awkward that was? I swear, like, I want to close my eyes. God, I'm just going to do it. But we are so stinking shy, even in the safe place of worship, because I feel like we don't know what this means. Jesus came, and he would be, he would be pulling out his, I can't demonstrate, he would be pulling out his hair right now. saying, guys, what are you doing? I've given you victory. I died for you on the cross, but that was not the end of the story. But the best part was coming out when I went to the gates of hell, knocked on it, defeated Satan, crushed his head. Oh, it's over. And I resurrected from the dead. And now I share the same power with you. I want to share one more passage with you guys. John chapter 16, 33. Absolutely crucial for us as we meditate on the resurrection of Jesus. These are the words of Jesus. These things I've spoken to you so that in me you have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Amen. Jesus overcame. Come on, somebody. Jesus overcame. Finally, Jesus overcame. That word overcame is the same word as victory. Jesus is victorious. That word overcame is literally a description of someone getting into a fight. And it's not by, you don't win that fight. Sometimes we win that fight by someone giving up, right? If I'm playing a game of basketball with Steven, I know a couple points and you know, I'm just, I'm done. I'm just, you win, you just take it, right? We're not talking about that kind of victory, When we talk about this overcome, this word right here, it's talking about as a result of contentious fight. There's a head-on collision. I don't know if you guys follow MMA. What happened last night? Israel. Oh, my God. That was an amazing fight. They went at it. Okay, maybe like one person is interested. I'm going to stop that analogy. You and I could talk later, brother. Right? You collide head-on in that ring with both parties intended to kill the other person. And that battle is not stopping unless it's declared winner, clearly. And Jesus collided with the forces of darkness. He overcame. He declared victorious. And Jesus says, and these are the last parting words to his disciples. Guys, fear not. Worry not because I came for the purpose of Taking head on all of the tribulations, all of the impossibilities, all of your troubles. I'm going to fight it. I will take the blame for it. I will do whatever that I can do. I will do whatever in all of my power. I will fight it on your behalf. So that when you face tribulations, that's a tough word again. Tribulations in the Greek language, it literally means constriction. The descriptions that the scholars give for that word is, you have four walls, and these four walls are enclosing in on you. I don't know, what, I don't know how they got that, in what world, like are walls collapsing on you, collapsing? It's like Indiana Jones movie style, right? Let's just imagine. I mean, but we can't physically, we'll not be there, but do we feel like that? When things in life get tough, when job situations gets murky, when the relationships with our loved ones, do we not feel the pressure? 
Do we not, as the pressure is mounting up, get stronger, stronger, we feel restricted and we feel constricted? And Jesus says, oh yeah, you will have tribulations. It's not a matter of if. It's not you become a better Christian and then you are devoid of these troubles and tribulations. Every single one of you are going to face hardships and tribulations. But Jesus says, your goal is not to avoid them. Take it head on, because why? I faced every single one of them, and I overcame it. I was declared victorious, now you are victorious as well. If for whatever reasons you feel discouraged today, if for whatever reasons you just don't see an outlet of whatever it is that you're going through, You just can't possibly conjure up enough ideas or power, ability to resolve whatever that you're in. Know that Jesus is the one that has already overcome. He says, the blood that I shed on the cross, the reason when I died on the cross for you, now the blood of the overcomer now runs deeply in and through you. The sin that you're so entangled with, And you've said, I can't ever change. I will never be able to kick this bad habit. I will never be a better person. Jesus says, says who? Says who? I overcame. And today, I'll stop being so like serious because I want you guys to laugh and smile, be happy. I'm happy, guys, right now. (laughs) Let me, I'm happy. Because I want all of us to know and live with the sense of victory. He says, your victory, you're a winner, not because of your power. It has less to do with your ability. It has to do less to do with your good-hearted nature. And Jesus says, it has everything to do with what I had gone through. I did it so that you don't have to again. I fought so that you could just enjoy the victory. And Jesus overcame. He says, take heart, because I overcame the world. And this is precisely the reason why Apostle John, not Apostle John, Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, O death, where is your sting? Where, O death, is your victory? So poetic. It's as if Paul is looking into the eyes of Satan himself. He said, let's go, dude. Bring it on. You and me. Come on. Come on. Let's go. You think I'm going to be phased by you? Do you think I'm intimidated? Do you think I'm going to walk away because I'm scared? Come on. Let's go. Let's go. We, as human beings, we live and die. But Jesus Christ, he died and lived. Amen? And he lives today. You see, Jesus has overcome the world. By the blood he shed, he paid for our sins. By the empty tomb he left, he has given us the victory, the same blood that declared victory over Satan and hell. Now the same blood of the overcomer runs in us. 
In 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, he who is in us is greater than, greater than the one that is in the world. That is an amazing, amazing promise for you and me today. So it is my absolute pleasure to remind all of you that Jesus Christ, you declare today that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in him will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in him will never die. And now, church, I ask you, do you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Let me ask again. Do you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Let's get the worship team to come on up. I know we have baptism. That's going to happen. Okay, that ain't going nowhere. Okay, the people there are getting baptized. They're not going anywhere either. But today, I want to make this about you as well. I want to make sure that you have the sense of assurance, Jesus being in your life. I want all of you to know and have the sense that you have the power in you to overcome any obstacles in your current life and in your future life. 